the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, we've been reading through the book of Proverbs for several weeks now, and that's God's book of wisdom in the Old Testament. And there is so much rich content there. And just when you think you might have come across the most profound most uh, deep, insightful verses of all. Then you come to like Proverbs 20, and it goes even deeper, even more profound, and frankly convicting for everyone's day-to-day life. Well, hi, Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper. You are listening to the American Family Radio Network, and the show is Exploring the Word. And we would love for you to join with us as we go through the, the book of Proverbs, and then we'll open up the phone lines for calls and questions and you know, Bert. Yesterday we had a, a very special show. They're all they're all special, but yesterday, uh, just even more than usual, people were sharing prayer requests, testimonies. People were um, commenting on what the Holy Spirit is doing there in Asbury, and it just thrills my heart to see the evidence of God's work throughout the people of our land and internationally. And we just feel such a privilege to be a part of this time every afternoon on Exploring the Word. You're exactly right, Alex. And I couldn't, I thought about this. It was kind of a divine interruption. That's what happened at Asbury. They were getting ready for classes, but they had chapel, and God interrupted those classes to show Himself strong. And so, praise Lord, yesterday we were going to go through Proverbs 19, but we did share the, I think, the theme verse about, you know, Christ. And uh, But we had a divine interruption for prayers and prayer requests and praises. And uh, praise God for those. And let me just share that with you. You who are pastors, you can't orchestrate it. Uh, you're a small group. You can't make it happen. But you can permit God to operate, and uh, so that's what you want to do. Uh, I call it planned spontaneity, Alex. In other words, we're planning on going through Proverbs 20 today. We're looking forward to it. But guess what God can do? God can intervene and say, you know what? Uh, We need to pray for someone. We need to testify. So we want to follow God and uh, operate on his timetable and his roadmap. Well, amen. I'm going to read from Proverbs 20, very much a famous verse, and there are just 30 verses in this, but it starts out, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Now, Bert, uh, we could spend a long time talking about this, but what's so interesting, I want to talk about for just a moment the word that in the King James is translated mocker. Uh, because when you think of mocking somebody, you know, making fun or being sarcastic or, you know, uh, uh, a bird, a magpie will parrot, you know, what you say or the sounds you make. This is a very interesting word because, for one thing, it, it does talk about being sarcastic or or uh, cruel and, and, you know, being smart-alecky at somebody, mocking somebody, Right. But it's also a word that implies being an ambassador of something. Now, when you think of an ambassador, you think of somebody who, you know, represents somebody else. Now, imagine this double combination of an ambassador that mocks everything. In other words, the persona, if if you are overtaken by alcoholic drink, the persona that you're going to wear for yourself, you're going to be a very bad ambassador of yourself, frankly, and of the Lord, too. A mocking, sarcastic, critical uh, caricature of yourself. I know there's a lot packed in that word, but you're going to represent yourself in the poorest possible way if you are drunk. And that's, believe it or not, what that is saying there in that first verse of Proverbs 20. And when you get that, what it does, the inhibitions, the restraint that you would have to be an ambassador, to present the best side, to present that which is true, 
those inhibitions go away, and then that which is coming in is sarcasm, is mocking, and, and so that's what wine will do, and it will present itself. And the New King James says this. He uses the word intoxicating drink arouses brawling. Alex, I had a man oh that uh, was in our church here in Tupelo at West Jackson Street where I was, well, 30 years altogether as youth minister and pastor. But uh, he was a great guy. He worked with the Mississippi Department of Corrections. And he, he, was, he was assigned to the courtroom to help the judges in knowing, you know, or which, you know, what's the procedure for getting this person, uh, you know, put into jail or whatever it was. And he said 80%, and I remember, he said, I've kept up with it years, 80% of all the crimes, alcohol will be involved or drugs will wow. be involved because the inhibitions are gone and then they can do the damage because they have lost that control, that self-control. And so it leads to brawling. And so and whoever is led astray is not wise. Mm. And, and so, Alex, uh, the Bible does not say thou shalt not drink alcohol. The Bible does not. It condemns uh, the misuse of it. He really does. But I tell you, it even warns us of the use of it because some people have no control. And so it's a wise thing. And so that I think it's good. And chapter 20 starts off with that. And then it goes into the wrath of a king is like the ruin of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger sins against his own life. Leadership. Listen, those of us are in any position of leadership. Now, here it's the king. But anybody who is in leadership, they better be careful with the wrath, the anger, that they are not letting that control. Now, I want to put those two together, verse 1 and verse 2. Don't let wine control you, and do not let anger control you. Those two things lead to brawling, and they lead to destruction. Alex, I think that goes. those two really hit home here. You know, back in Proverbs 18, verse 6, uh, it said, a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for strokes or or beating. In other words, like it says here, if you're uh, unwise, you're going to be quick to rush into a, a conflict, or as we say down south, get in a scrap with somebody. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let, let me just say, this goes on to uh, verse 3 of Proverbs 20, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Let me tell you, we have a word diplomat or being uh, diplomatic or tactful. If you're able to smooth things out and quickly and carefully, boy, that's wisdom, isn't it, Bert? Haven't you seen people, very mature people, godly people, and frankly, very often confident, joyful people but they they're peacemakers. Amen. They're, they're they're not they're not stirring the pot, but they're they're smoothing things out. That's that's a person that uh that we all would like to be. Well said, Alex. And again, what's going to happen and I'm connecting all three, alcohol and then anger will it will not let you do that. It will bring down your guard, your inhibitions and oh, I don't care what I say, you know? Rather than having a word fitly spoken in place of doing those things that would stop it, it adds to it. So here you have what you say. You need these safeguards. The Bible says guard your heart. So you guard your heart with what you take in. You guard your heart with what you let out. And that all takes place with self-discipline. And and so, Alex, I, I think this is the whole idea of this chapter 20, when I read through it, I said, I, I try to get a theme, and it's hard to get just one theme in these Proverbs, but here, a lot of it in chapter 20 is self-control, brother. Well, it, it really is. And uh, verse 4, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore he shall beg in harvest and have nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, a sluggard, we uh, earlier in Proverbs, we looked at what the sluggard is, and it's a lazy person who could work, but won't work. And verse 4, how come? Well, it's cold outside. Uh, yeah, it Any is. Any excuse will do <laughs> for a yeah. lazy person, you know, not to you work. You know what? Yep. I'm telling you, I saw a truck today, a moving van going down the highway, and it was a, a moving company, apparently. And the the slogan on the side of this big semi, it said, hard work will take you places. 
And, you know, that's really true. And, you know, I got to tell you, Bert, I'll be the first to to say the Lord has blessed me. The Lord has done so many good things, and I give God the credit. Um, But I thank the Lord that on a farm in North Carolina, my grandfather and my mother and my dad instilled with uh, my sister and me uh, a pretty good work ethic. Amen. Let me say, if you don't, if you don't, if you want to work, become a dairy farmer. I'm telling oh. you what, it's 365 days a year, two times a day in the morning early and in the afternoon. It's there. Yeah. It does not stop. And uh, so uh, you learn a lot. And, and that's honestly, I, I'll say this about the Bible. It's from an agrarian society. And mm-hmm. and so much of it is in agriculture of what you learn. Yeah. And so being raised on the farm as you were and as I were, I was Alex uh, has its has had its benefits, hasn't it? Oh, amen. And you know, um, I remember a quote attributed to John F. Kennedy, and JFK supposedly said, "The time to repair the roof is while the sun is shining." Now, now look there at verse 4 of Proverbs 20. It says, In the time of harvest, the sluggard who didn't work. See, guess what comes before the beauty of spring? The winter. So you got to get out in the cold and start getting ready for the the field you're going to plow and the seed you're going to sow when warm weather gets here. And you say, yeah, well, I don't plow and I don't sow. Well, fill in the blank. Whatever the the chores are whatever the job is says in the time of harvest he will have nothing um hey it's always good to be the guy i i kind of felt like this i might not be the smartest guy in the room but i can get up earliest and i can work hardest and uh as uh ronnie staley i've said it many times um ronnie staley is in heaven He's a dear man, and he supported our youth conferences. But Ronnie Staley said, Alex, uh, say your prayers, live right, work hard, and leave the rest up to God. Amen. And, Bert, uh, it'll it'll pay dividends for anybody who tries it. Seems like I've heard that something about Scripture. God gives the increase. You know, yeah, if we try to bring the increase on our own, I think it's called manipulation. And, and honestly, that's what we've been talking about, the revival. God's doing it. If we try to manipulate it and try to bring it on without the power of God in our lives, it will come back haunting us and not real. But we're praying that God is at work in your life, bringing a revival, I'd say, inside mm-hmm. your circle where you stand. Alex and I'll be back with more here on Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Joni Ernst, Senator from Iowa. She is the state's junior senator and a former member of the Iowa State Senate. Luke 12:48 reminds us of the responsibilities and expectations of a leader. From everyone who has been given, much shall be required. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Senator Joni Ernst as she represents the people of Iowa in the United States Senate. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Just because the Bible says we're not saved by good works doesn't mean we shouldn't do them. Dr. Tony Evans says that not every nice thing we do qualifies as we spend two minutes with Tony. Non-Christians do good things. You don't have to be a Christian to be a nice person. You don't have to be a Christian to be a good neighbor. You don't have to be a Christian to do nice things. You don't need to be a Christian to feed the homeless. You don't need to be a Christian to, to be a philanthropist. Sinners do that all the time. That's a good thing to do. That's a good thing, okay? But guess what? Christians are not called to do good things. We're called to do good works. A good work is more than a good thing. A non-Christian can do a good thing, but the Bible says let men see your good works because a good work is a good thing to which God is attached. 
Once you bring God and Jesus Christ into the attachment, a good thing has now become a good work because you've attached eternity to the good thing. So now I've not just fed them or I've not just helped them across the street or mow their lawn or whatever it is. No, 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 no. I've now attached God to it because I say, can I pray for you? Now, once I offer to pray for them, God is attached. I can now ask you, if you died today, do you know where you would spend eternity? So now I can now offer the gospel to them and share the good news of eternal life. If you only give them food and clothes and shelter, that's important, but that's not enough. Because this life is not all that there is. You'll be surprised what can be accomplished when you invest all the resources God put around you and inside you. Check out Tony's CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Grace to you, grace to you, his Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you. We're in Proverbs 20. Uh, we spent the first segment going over four verses. We're going to speed it up a little bit, but because there's some verses that I want to tag the other one onto the other one. I seem to do that in Proverbs. But let me tell you this. If you wanted to see us rather than just hear us, you can go to streaming.afa.net. That's streaming.afa.net. And uh, people, Alex, you know, you and I will go somewhere and they say, well, you don't look like I thought you would look. Now, streaming.afa.net, there's no excuse. They know what we look like before we even get there, brother. Well, now they do. That's right. That's right. And we are in Proverbs 20. So glad you're listening. Uh, Bert, a lot of great verses here. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Uh, verse 6 there, you know, everybody can tell you how good they are, but uh, <laughs> can you live it? Oh, can man. You, yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Hey, along with verse 5, look, uh, look forward to verse 18. These are the two verses that they kind of go together. Uh, verse 18 says, every purpose is established by counsel. By wise counsel, wage war. Now, again, talking about the king, but anyway, in our lives, you better pick out the battles you want to fight. Uh, as a husband or a wife, person, a uh, parent, you better pick out the battles that are, are there. And good counsel, wise counsel, Alex, um, verse 5 and verse 18, they kind of balance each other out, you know, the counsel that we get. Exactly, exactly. Hey, I've got, uh, forgive me, I don't mean to go backward, but verse 11, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure, whether it be right. Let me say this, this is why we need to so diligently let the Lord take over our lives. Bert, character, habits, uh, a moral compass begins to be manifested at an early age, doesn't it? It really does. Even a child is known by his doings. We taught our three sons that, and yet, you know, uh, we tried to let them understand that. And I would, if I were a parent, uh, get that that verse out, teach that to your child. Hey, you were talking about going backward. I want to connect verse 7 and verse 24. Listen to this, Alex. See if you think that. The righteous man walks in, in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. That's pretty neat. But in verse 24, uh, it, it says, A man's steps are of the Lord. How can a man understand his own way? Now, listen, if you're going to be a man of integrity, you don't go your own way. You get the counsel from the Lord, and he leads you. That last statement in verse 24, how then can a man understand his own way? We we desperately need God. We desperately yes, we need the Word of God. It's truth, isn't it? Well, it, it really is. And you know, um, verse 24 there, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? In other words, ultimately, folks, I, and I understand we've got, we plan, we, you know, we, we plan, we dream, we act, we do things. But you go back to Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. 
Uh, because Jeremiah 17 says the heart is wicked, deceitful, who can know it? I, I mean, as John Piper said, none of us can really comprehend our own capacity for sin. And that's why we need to let the sovereign God lead us. You know, uh, Bert, the Asbury Revival that we've been talking about all this week um, seems to be a sovereign visitation from God. Now, doing the right things, confessing sin, praying, worshiping, witnessing, reading the Word of God, these are things that we all can do. But, Bert, in a way, in, in such a brutally competitive world, in such a world of, even among Christians, pride, posturing, got to push my way to the front of the line. Isn't it good to know that we can rest in the sovereignty of God, that a sovereign God can direct our path, and what God is looking for is a a humble heart, not not an aggressive attitude, but a humble heart. Isn't that what God is looking for, Bert? Alex, well said. Matter of fact, the Bible says he's going to and fro through all the earth to see who he can make himself known to. Now, who will he make himself known to? Someone who is humble, who knows their limitations. They know their help, but they also know that they have strengths that God can come in and use them for his glory. But the prideful man, the man or woman that thinks they have it made, they're going their own way. I'm the captain of my soul. You know, I'm going to do it. Uh, they're in for a rude awakening. Sooner or later, that will, and the ship will wreck. Uh, They may think they're the captain, but I want to just tell you, uh, those storms that come, they'll be bigger than you can handle. Makes me think of the New Testament when Jesus purposely sent his disciples to the other side of the sea, and in the middle they caught a storm that they could not handle. Jesus prayed for them and came to them. And so you're listening today as a listener, and you say, man, my problems are bigger than mine. Guess what? Join the crowd. Uh, We we need Christ. Uh, Bert and Alex, we can just tell you right now, the issues in our life, they've been bigger than us. Uh, But we have an anchor in Christ Jesus, the Word of God to go to, and, and counsel. Alex, I know Angie is a your main counselor, Jan's oh, my Lord. main counselor, and and with all of that going on, uh, it sets us in a position to hear from God, and that's what we want to do. God, where do you want me to go? What what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? God, I want to glorify you, and that's the whole. It, well, let me see. Isn't that the purpose of man to know yes. Him and to glorify Him, Alex? Well, amen, amen. Uh, We're in Proverbs 20, and our purpose in life is to glorify God. Okay, talking about our ways that God sees and God knows, verse 12 says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Okay, Uh, God can see. He made eyes, right? God can hear. He created the ear. There is in the ancient world a, an argument that, that uh, and by the way, not argumentative, but a, a line of reasoning, shall we say. Um, God must be a personal God because he created persons, right? If God isn't personal, then he's less developed than we are. See, we are persons. We have personality. We can have relationships. So God must be a God who has personality and can be personally known because he created persons. And be assured that the God who made eyes and ears can see and hear. Now, I want to, verse 14 is amazing. Here is Solomon from, you know, more than 2,000 years ago, and it's as wise as today. And I got to say, this is like in in a, a used car sale. (laughs) <laughs> it is not, it is not, says the buyer, but when he goes away, he boasts. In other words, oh, this old junk, man, there's no way I'd pay you $2,000 for this beat-up old car. It's a junker. I'll give you $1,200. But then once he, after beating down the seller, he goes away and he says, look at this incredible deal I got, you know? Yeah. I, Bert, doesn't <laughs> Proverbs 20, verse 14 describe countless Trades, barter, sales, transactions. 
It really does. And again, I can't help but think of the Andy Griffith show and the cannon that they was going to sell. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw that episode. Oh, yes. And, and oh, let me tell you, uh, here was Andy. He was doing the wheeling and dealing, just like it says here, telling how good it was, trying to get rid of it to the buyer. And when Opie found out how his dad operated, he decided he'd do that. But Andy didn't like Opie doing that. He was taking advantages of his friend. And uh, But it came back to Andy when he looked at his son to see what he was doing and hearing what he was doing. Uh, Andy decided, you know what, I, I, I need to correct my ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, here's the whole idea. We can correct our ways with God. Uh, and, and that I think it says there, and again, verse 18, I've read it, but let me read every purpose is established by counsel and wise counsel wage war. Get the right counsel. Get your uh, heart right. And let me read verse 19 again, Alex. And, yes, and again, yes. this you could go through chapter 20 and highlight several verses, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Verse 19 is one of them you need to highlight. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Alex, again, uh, be careful uh, who your friends are that you let in on uh, some of the issues in your life. You need an accountability yes. partner, but it needs to be a partner that is faithful and Amen. knows knows what not to say. Don't that that's well, important, well, isn't it? Well, it sure is. It is important. Verse 20 talks about honoring our parents versus cursing or belittling. I mean, we are to respect our parents, and it really does uh, imply that, hey, to curse father and mother will shorten your life. Um, Verse 21 talks about uh, settling an estate. An inheritance may be gotten hastily, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. And oh my goodness, how many families and siblings and heirs have uh, had just absolute uh, battle over an inheritance? Well, Alex, First, let me interrupt. His product, the prodigal son evidence of that, he got his exactly. inheritance early and he squandered it quickly, yeah. left with nothing. And uh, so if, if you're going to be in, get an inheritance from someone, for your own sake, learn how to use money wisely. And that's a good program we have uh, here on AFR. It comes on at uh, 9 o'clock each morning and uh, that, that Central Time, and you can hear uh, that program, Faith uh, and Finance, and, and it, they help us to use money wisely. Do that, whether you get an inheritance or whether you're just making your own money with your check that comes in every day, using money wisely is one of the things that the Bible really pinpoints, isn't it? Well, it really is. And, you know, verse 22 is potentially connected. You know, if you have an inheritance that's fought over or something, but verse 22, say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. In other words, I'm going to get revenge. Don't, Don't say Somebody did me wrong. I'm going to recompense evil. I will get my revenge. Verse 22 says, no, wait on the Lord, and he will save thee. Um, I've got, in the interest of time, I want to skip ahead for just a second. And uh, it's verse 25. It is a snare to the man who devours that which is holy and after vows to make inquiry. Well, there's a lot we could say here, but it's one thing to... Um, make a promise, and then figure out what you've agreed to. After vows, make an inquiry. Uh, You have my word. And, Bert, I've heard people very recklessly invoke the name of God. They'll say, you know, uh, before God, I'll do this or do that. And, And they've not really thought about what they're vowing. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it talks about, by count, verse 18, Look, if you're going to commit to something, especially something high risk, you better have counsel and you better make inquiry before you commit to something. And the the more serious, the more due diligence up front is needed, Bert. Am, am you, are, I right? you are right on. Very few folks are an expert at everything, okay? 
Uh, oh, I know everything there is about relationships. Oh, I know everything there is about finance. Oh, I know everything there is uh, about this. No. So that counsel is needed in our lives because we have strengths, we have weaknesses, and in those weaknesses, we need sound advice. Now, let me share with you, the Word of God is the sure word, and when the Word of God spells it out clearly, just like it says, wine is a mocker, when it talks about anger, be angry and sin not, That's you don't need more advice. You just need to obey what the Bible says, Alex. Amen. That, that, that's right. That's very true. Um, let, let me go on down here. Um, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Verse 27. You know, Bert, there's uh, a verse, I forget where it is, you and I talked about it at length one day, about um, the silver cord being broken, which really is a euphemism for life, right? Right. Now here, the candle of the Lord, um, there is... Uh, Life, you know, it says that God breathed into Adam and man became a living soul. Do you know there, there's really something mysterious, and I would say holy, about the fact of the spirit in the body, right? right? Because we are more, I, I want to say this, Charles Darwin was wrong. <laughs> we are not just animals that evolved. There is the physical body. And and I'm going to say this. I know we're short on time, but Bert, I've been in more than a few hospitals with a parishioner who passed away. And when somebody has expired and the soul has left the body, uh, they just look different. I mean, you can it is, tell it is completely different. You're right. And the spirit of man is the candle or the 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 life given by God, searching all the inward parts. That's why Proverbs so fervently calls us to mercy, truth, righteousness, honesty, godliness, because God who gave the Spirit will call us back again, and one day before him we'll give an account. Alex, that's the reason the Bible says examine yourself. Uh, You know, search yourself and see if there's any wicked way within you. Confess it. Turn away from it. Ask God's strength to let you be more than a conqueror. You become an overcomer. So the spirit of man, this is a great verse, but I did want to say verse 28 is talking about the king, but I want to say mercy and truth, anyone. Mercy and truth, put those together. Listen, mercy without truth is kind of like jello, and truth without mercy is so hard that it cannot be pliable. That's the reason Jesus Christ on the cross took our sin truth and mercy displayed on the cross trust him hey alex we're going to take phone calls that number 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with god become physically fit and learn relief ministry while serving in the middle east this is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks One Year Scholarship Program at friendships.org or call 337 433 5022. That's 337 433 5022. The next session begins August 19th. Isaiah says, We shall beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks and nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall we study war anymore and i believe that day is definitely coming that jesus christ the king of kings and the lord of lords will bring us prosperity harmony but that's not the world we live in yet tune in to the awakening weekdays at noon central on american family radio In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. 
And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Cedar sinai Hospital in Los Angeles conducted a study which showed a spike in heart attack deaths. The hardest hit group? 25 to 44-year-olds. Young people in this age range saw a 30% increase in heart attack deaths. The number is so astounding, even NBC's Today.com covered the story. The evidence has mounted so much that even Goebbels, Inc. outlets are beginning to report it. Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Ladapo has already reported a 1,700% increase in vaccine-related adverse events. The nation must take heed. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bernie and Alex with you. We're taking phone calls at number 888-589-8840. But let me just say something. Yesterday was a special day. We feel like God uh, interrupted our, our program scheduled, and we just had a day of worship. And if you'd like to know more about it and see it and hear it, you can go to AFR.net and look at podcasts, scroll down to Exploring the Word, look on the the date, which was the 20th, and you can listen to that, and I think you'd be blessed. It was a great day. So we're praying today God would get the glory as well. But, Alex, we're taking phone calls and questions today. Where are we going to first? Uh, how about we go to uh, Marty in Mississippi? Marty, uh, hey, turn down your radio if you don't mind, if, if it's up, but welcome to Exploring the Word. Ah, thank you, gentlemen. I tried calling Friday, but you didn't get to my... I'm I'm currently teaching Revelation, and we're going over Chapter 4 and 5 uh, tomorrow, and concerning the 24 elders and the Sea of Glass and all that, what that represents. Um, since we don't know for sure, and there's so many opinions out there of what it may be, would it be best to teach us in, in, in the light of saying, well, here are some, some things that, that Bible scholars and stuff think this is, but we just don't know for sure. Would that be a better way to say than say, well, this is what it represents? Marty, mm. much of Revelations like that. Now, we know some, it's pretty definite, but some, you know, where is it? What is it? And, and I, I do think 24 is an important number because mm. it's half of 12. Okay, Alex, just let me say it right. that way. Uh, and, and you see, I would say this, Marty, you are right. It's good. But I, I do lean toward 12 apostles, 12 tribes, old and new, mm-hmm. the Old Testament saints, the New Testament saints, the elders worshiping God. Alex, uh, yeah, I, I know there's other explanations, but of the, of the ones I've heard, that's the best one. But Marty's right. Yeah. When you teach in Revelation, and we've talked about uh, when you're talking about eschatology, you better have some grace and you better be careful saying it's got to be this way, you know? Yeah, uh, because, I mean, clearly John sees things in heaven that are amazing. There's there's the presence of God, the glory of God, uh, you know, the sea of glass that's that's before the throne of God. I, it just, I think, at, at the very least, it speaks of the, the blinding brightness of his holiness and righteousness. You know, as for the 24 elders, you know, Bert, some people have said, well, maybe they're angels— um, I don't think so. I do think 24 is very significant. Twelve uh, tribes of Israel before Calvary, the 12 apostles after Christ. And let me just say, I think part of the indicator that they are men, not angels, is in the Bible, elders is never used of angels, but men. Um, 
and mature men, godly men. The word elder has overwhelmingly this connotation of respect and godliness, but also they they are casting their crowns before God. Now, crowns speaks of reward for faithfulness to the Lord. So, so I think in some way the 24 elders represent uh, godly leaders of Old and New Testaments and the people that they, that they influenced, Bert. I would agree. And think about what separates it, the cross and resurrection. That is, that is the time before and after. And mm-hmm. uh, those that look forward to, the, to Christ being the sacrifice, those of us who look back on it, that is the theme. And I think when you look at the 12-12, the whole idea of casting those crowns before him uh, is worshiping him completely, old and new. Alex, uh, but Marty's right. You, you, you better have some grace when you teach that. And uh, so that's that's a great question, Marty. Hey, keep on teaching and, and studying Revelation, Marty. Good word, man. Well, Mason in Tennessee, and by the way, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. Mason in Tennessee, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you, Bert and Alex. This is my first time calling. Um, quick side note, I won't be able to make it to Paris uh, when you guys are in Tennessee, but I do live in Chattanooga, so if you ever do decide to come down here, I think you'd have a great following and a great turnout as well. Um, well thank my you. question thank is... You. <laughs> Uh, my question is, um, uh, I've been struggling with a coworker um, and trying to effectively communicate uh, scripture uh, to him, and he he'll take parts of it and it, and he'll he'll try to tell me what it means and from from what I have listened to and other pastors that I've searched and and all the other stuff that I get, uh, it's very contradictory to um, to what. To what I'm learning about, and so when I, I tell him, I was like, "Well, I don't I don't know if that's exactly what it means." Um, he shuts down and he gets mad. And I've tried multiple different approaches to to try to 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 do um, to to ex- explain it or uh, converse it correctly in a way that I know that would that would make God proud. And so that's just something that I've been mm. struggling with. So I was wondering if you guys had any advice on that. Go ahead, Alex. Well, well, first of all, Mason, God bless you. Thank you for being a witness. And, you know, as you talk with them, um, you know, try your best with the help of God to keep it as a discussion and not an adversarial debate. But, you know, help him understand that words mean things, and verses are made of words, and the meaning of the verse is absolutely contingent on the meaning of the words. Now, it also says in 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21, that no verse of the Bible has any secret or private interpretation. So if he comes up with something that's, you know, clearly uh, not accurate, you can say, well, you know... um, Hey, God bless you, but really, that's a that's a spin on the verse that just isn't there. The other thing I would say is keep keep it all about Jesus, Amen. and I mean that's the best thing. It's amazing the the most argumentative, you know, Bible person becomes such a joy to be around when they know Jesus. Um, and and Bert. People have a problem with the Word of God when they don't really know the Son of God. You got it, Alex. And I, I was you. You said the second thing. What I was going to share, Mason. Let me add that, and we'll go to the next caller. My professor at Blue Mountain College, where I went. Now, by the way, Blue Mountain Christian University. And uh, and so, what Dr. Travis would say: find Jesus on every page. Matter of fact, yesterday when we uh, went over Proverbs twenty. Uh, uh, we were, excuse me, 19, we just found one verse, and the central theme was the salvation that Christ brings. And so I would say this, Mason, keep it on Jesus, and any of the scriptures that you have, if there is a a connection that you can make it with Jesus, do that. And uh, as Alex said, that's the greatest thing you can do, make it about Jesus. Amen. Uh, Jim in Arkansas. Jim, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, thank you for just having a program. 
Uh, I, I want to say a little bit about salvation, and y'all can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but uh, I gave my life to Christ 25 years ago, and I'm 76. So I was old, older than most. We had a congregation full of people one day, and the preacher asked, and I'd been in the been saved for about two or three months, and there was this lady, probably 40 years old, and the preacher asked, who's been saved 40 years? She raised her hand. She said, I gave my life to Christ when I was eight years old, and I've been a Christian ever since. And I got to thinking, what a waste, Jim. You could have been serving the Lord. He could have been with you all this time. But you wasted it. And then I talked to my preacher about it. And you know what he said? What's that? It's not a waste, Jim, because he's holding on to you and hold on the rest of your <laughs> life. Amen. 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 Let me see. I, I do believe that God doesn't waste anything, Jim. And so that time that you were away from God, uh, there's other people that just today, by you calling in and sharing what you just shared, if I did my math right, and I majored in math for two years, so I think I got this one right, 76 minus 25 is 51. There's some, I got a feeling there's a 51-year-old truck driver, maybe a 51-year-old mom that may be listening today and think, well, it's just too late. Jim, you're sharing with them today. It's not too late. It's not Amen. waste. One more testimony real quick, and his name was Jim too, a man in our church. He got saved in his 60s, and every time the door was open, he had heart problems, the way to go. He would bring his nitroglycerin tablets with him, and we'd go, Jim, don't you think you need to go? He said, man, I wasted too many years. I'm staying here as long as I can. And so, Amen. Jim, make the most of what you got. That's a great testimony. Amen. Jim, God bless you. Thanks for sharing that. And do you know what? Uh, every day with Jesus is a day that we can do things that count for all of eternity, and that's that's for sure. Well, we're going to go to California. Uh, David in California, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, David. David, are you there? Let me well, read his question real quick. Yes. He said, how do you witness to someone who doesn't believe in God but believes in technology? Mm. Alex, I, I got an answer, okay? What happens when you're in the bank and the technology's not working? You can't even withdraw. You can't make a deposit. I, I'm just trying to be simple, David, if you're listening, and I'm truthful, though. It means you are so limited because of technology uh, here today, we found out we had to reboot something because something wasn't working right. We've had it here on our program. But let me tell you, God is at work all the time. And that's what I would tell them. I said, listen, God is strong. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Alex, uh, we can depend on God. Technology, we, we better be careful depending on it too much, hadn't we? Uh, well, you know, the word technical and technological actually appears in uh, Acts chapter 1. You know, it says that Jesus was shown after his passion by many infallible proofs. That's Acts 1 verse 3. In other words, Jesus was shown the tomb was empty, he had risen, and the word there, infallible, undeniable, compelling, is really the word from which we get the word technology. So here's the thing, if somebody were to say, uh, I believe in technology. I would say, what technology? And they might say, oh, well, look at all the incredible things man has created, computers, cell phones, mobile devices. Um, okay, but they didn't create themselves. So, an intelligent outside cause created this stuff. Look, I'm, I'm in a building right now, Bert, and folks, think about this. Uh, I don't know who the architect was, but the building had a designer. I don't know who the contractor was, but I know buildings don't build themselves. So I look at this, the office at Southside Baptist in Greensboro. They give me offices here. And I think it's reasonable to infer that there, there was an architect and a builder. And we look at this complex world, and my goodness, the, the intellect of human beings— the movement of the solar system, Bert, 
I got to say, I think creation had a creator, and I think the the moral law had a moral lawgiver, and I think deep down we can know that Amen. by the infallible, undeniable proof of the one who claimed to be the Son of God and who rose from the dead. Amen. Here's my last thing. We can go to Leon in just a second. Can you name anything, anyone out there that has design that does not have a designer? Exactly. It, no way. Hey, where do we go to next? Oh, the great state of Texas, Leon in Texas. Welcome to Exploring the Word, Leon. Hello, Alex and uh, Mr. Ray Harper. Uh, I'm that 51-year-old truck driver. I'm actually driving now. That uh, The gentleman that spoke before me, uh, Bert, had did uh, the analysis of, uh, and, and the mathematical outcome of it. So uh, I just wanted to say that I'm that 51 truck driver, and I, I was I was listening to y'all, and I, I listen to you quite frequently in any area that I can catch uh, American Family Radio. Leon? And that's, that's really all I Hey, Leon, yeah. do you know Jesus is your Savior? Yes, I do. Brother, yeah. amen. What a joy to hear from you. Uh, God is doing awesome work in lives of truck drivers all over America and listening. And, man, you're, thank you for calling. Alex, uh, the Holy Spirit <laughs> is amazing, isn't he? What he can Absolutely. connect. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, you mentioned a 51-year-old truck driver. And, Leon, may the Lord bless you, and may every hour of every day and every day of every year that you've got be given to Jesus Christ. And thank you for listening. I know, Bert, when you and I were in Richmond, Virginia, we had several truck drivers that came yeah. out to our town hall meeting. And uh, thank God for everybody that listens. But we, I think we've got a special place in our heart for the truckers. I, I do. I, I know that every, every man that I know of would have loved to take an 18-wheeler and leave the East Coast and drive to the West Coast at least one time. Uh, it's just something. Hey, we got we got a minute left, but we got a we got an email from Joe from Waco, Texas, and he wanted to know a good Bible study. Study the Book of John. Listen, I, I just want to tell you, we was talking about somebody here at AFR, and they were talking about difficulty, and I said, get into the Book of John. I said, God will lead you there so do that joe and he wanted us to pray for his daughter kayla she's away from the lord so you who are listening write the name kayla from texas down and the next 24 hours we want to bombard heaven and ask kayla ask god to bring kayla back to herself the way he did the prodigal son and bring her home to the lord alex that's what we're praying for isn't it brother well, it surely is. Folks, thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Hey, uh, they mentioned the event in Tennessee, April 21 through 23. Bert and I will be in Paris, Tennessee. You can learn about that at my website, alexmcfarland.com. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, thanks for listening. God bless you. Tell somebody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.